Welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, where we discuss all things elder law, estate, and legacy planning. Hosted by certified elder law attorney, Tim Seckler, from the Seckler Law Firm. And now your host, attorney Tim Seckler. Welcome to this week's episode of the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great plans. I am your host, Tim Seckler, and today we're going to talk about how to protect your house from long-term care expenses like the nursing home. This is one of the most common questions we get in our office. You know, people work hard uh, during their lives to accumulate some stuff. They build home equity. The home grows in value. Once they're retired, that home is worth uh, some significant money, and they want to get the value of that home to their kids rather than risk losing it to long-term care expenses, losing it to the nursing home in this crazy government system that we have. And I'm going to tell you all about it and how to do it and sort of my thoughts on it uh, in just a bit. For those who haven't heard about, about us before, the Secular Law Firm is uh, is your family's partner in elder law, estate planning, estate administration, all things uh, asset protection. Uh, and um, we are headquartered in Mars, Pennsylvania, but we have offices across western Pennsylvania to help you wherever you are. Uh, you can reach us anytime at 724-841-1393 or check out our website, which is full of uh, good information for you, secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R, lawfirm.com. Uh, and today I am uh, I'm happy to be discussing this topic because I think this is something that most people wish they knew a little bit more about, and that is... How do you protect your home from the nursing home or from, more appropriately, the, the crazy sort of nursing home Medicaid system that we have that stands to uh, to try to take your home and other possessions if if you need long-term care costs? Um, and so just to put the, the issue into context a little bit for you, uh, if uh, if you would be struck with some sort of a health care issue where you need to go into a long-term care facility, be it dementia, Alzheimer's disease, stroke, Parkinson's, MS, any of those issues that kind of tend toward uh, requiring long-term custodial care, you're now in this system where your health insurance really doesn't pay for long-term care. Perhaps you're lucky enough to have long-term care insurance. Most people don't. And so then we start looking at other government programs to help pay for care. And in Pennsylvania, that generally means medical assistance, Medicaid. And if we need Medicaid to help pay for this nursing home, which, by the way, costs $10,000 a month plus, you know, $120,000 a year in care, most families most families can't pay for that uh, type of care, right? So when, when we're working with families and trying to help them protect assets, one of the biggest questions is, how can I protect this stuff? How can I protect my house, okay? Um, because everybody sort of knows the Medicaid rules. Uh, they don't really know the nuances, the details. But they know, hey, generally, if I end up in a nursing home, I'm going to have to go broke before I'm going to get any help. I'm going to lose my stuff. I'm going to lose my money. Now, uh, elder law attorney like myself would tell you, well, there's some other things you can do. I mean, we, we can help you protect some money. We can help families save the house, save some money, uh, given yeah, the right factual circumstances in the case. But it is, po- um, it is possible to protect assets even after somebody's in the nursing home. And so and, um, as far as it goes with the nursing home, what I'm going to talk about today is not um, sort of those, those crisis techniques. If you have somebody in a nursing home right now, if you're paying privately for somebody in a nursing home right now, and you're looking for options, give us a call. Uh, The tools that we would use to help you solve that problem are going to be different than the ones I'm going to discuss in today's show. Today's show is more focused on 
um, what we call pre-planning. So uh, take a family where dad has been in the nursing home. We watched our dad lose a whole bunch of money uh, in skilled nursing costs. And now the kids who are adults are saying, well, that's not going to happen to me, right? So you'd be surprised how many families reach out to us after the parent has been in the nursing home to figure out how the kids can save their assets because they're not interested in two generations being wiped out uh, financially from Alzheimer's disease. And so, uh, you know, it's a question that we get pretty frequently. Can I protect my house? Can I protect my money? Can I protect my savings from this risk? Because if I'm going to get Alzheimer's disease, if I'm going to have a stroke, I probably can't prevent it. There's not much you can do to prevent getting dementia right now. But if I am going to get the dementia, if I cannot prevent that, if I can't prevent the need for care, I can prevent the financial implications it has on me and make sure that my spouse, my wife, uh, is not broke because I had a stroke. And so that's what we call pre-planning, pre-planning for care, making sure our assets are structured in a way that you can get the care you need without the family going broke in uh, in the process. All right, so a little bit, and again, if uh, if you just tuned in, this is the Life and Legacy Show sponsored by the Secular Law Firm. Uh, and today we are chatting about protecting your house and some other savings from uh, from Medicaid. So here's the thing. If you, uh, if you talk to seven different people about how to protect assets, you're going to get seven different answers, right? So I do this for a living. This is my take on a situation. Um, your, your neighbor, your nephew, your uncle is probably going to give you their take on it. Um, I suggest you probably talk to somebody that does this for a living before you start making moves. Um, but, but here's the deal, right? Everybody knows Medicaid requires you to go broke if you go in a nursing home. Uh, single person is going to be below either $2,400 or up to $8,000 of available resources. Married people get to keep a little bit more, but not enough. And and so, but what's the deal with the house? Do they count it? Don't they count it? Am I going to lose it? How does how does that all work? So one thing to understand is that the house is not counted as an available resource. So if we've got a single, if I'm working with a single family, then, um, you know, dad goes into the nursing home. Uh, dad's allowed to have up to maybe $8,000 of available assets, and he's allowed to have the house. Okay, so they don't count it from an eligibility standpoint. So if you go into the nursing home, if you go to the Medicaid office and want to apply for benefits, they're going to say, well, we don't count the house, right? And that's true. You can become eligible for Medicaid and still own a house. But here's the thing. All of your monthly income has to go to the nursing home. All your Social Security all your pension, with the exception of $45 a month that Pennsylvania allows you to keep. So all of your monthly income goes to the nursing home. So I'm allowed to keep this house, but I don't have any money. They took my money. They are taking my income. How am I going to keep the property taxes paid? How am I going to keep the homeowner's insurance paid? How am I going to keep the grass cut? I don't have any money. And so then the answer is one of two things. The kids will... Um, the kids will approach a lawyer and want to sell dad's house. But if they sell dad's house, now dad owns the sales proceeds. Dad now owns cash, and we're going to lose Medicaid eligibility because he has this cash now, and you're not allowed to have cash. So now we, we end up losing that money because we're going to have to spend it on the long-term care. Option two is the kids will say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I don't want that answer. I don't want to lose the money. So you know what? I've read dad's will. Dad's will says that when he passes away, 
I get the house. So you know what? I'll pay the property tax. I'll pay the utilities. I'll keep the house afloat. I'll keep all the expenses paid because when he passes away, ultimately I'm going to inherit the house. I can sell the house and I'll replenish the, you know, the expenses that I've spent and, uh, and that'll put me back to square and I'll be on top. Right. Except Pennsylvania has something to say about that. In Pennsylvania, we have what is called the estate recovery program. The estate recovery program stands for the idea that if you own assets when you pass away and you were on Medicaid long-term care benefits, when you pass away, those assets need to be sold, turned into cash to pay back the state of Pennsylvania for every penny they spent on your care. So they don't count the house when you apply for benefits, but when you pass away, they take the house out of your estate. I tell people that are single that own their home, uh, and they're on Medicaid, that Medicaid is not paying the nursing home bill. Medicaid is loaning you money to pay the nursing home bill. And when you pass away, they're, they're going to call that loan, and they're going to wipe you out. So so here's the thing. If you end up having Alzheimer's disease, which, by the way, is unpreventable, um, and you end up in a skilled nursing facility, which is largely out of your control, and you're single, you will go to zero if you were in there long enough. If you don't like that risk, you need to do something about it. Now, if you're married, there's a chance we can keep the house, and it depends which spouse dies first, and it depends how the house is titled, and it depends does the surviving spouse, the the one that lives longer, do they end up later needing the nursing home because then at that point they're single. So with a married case, sometimes families get to keep the house, and I'd say usually families get to keep the house through that event, but not always, and the house is still at risk. So what do families do, right? What do families do to try to protect the house? Well, if you go into, if you pull into any McDonald's at 7 o'clock in the morning, you're going to find a table of fellas sitting in a corner that meet there every morning, and, you know, they're, they're telling the same stories every morning. If you're listening, you know who I'm talking about, that group of, of older fellas sitting in the table. And the thing that they're always talking about every Friday morning, every Tuesday morning, whatever it is, is should I put my house in my kid's name? Because so-and-so down the street put his house in the kid's name. My lawyer that does divorces on Monday and Tuesdays told me on Wednesday to put my house in my kid's name uh, because I can't own it if I end up in the nursing home, so I should put it in my kid's name. And and so I get asked all the time, is that a good idea? And in my opinion, I think it's a bit risky. See, here's, two, here's, a, here's a couple of things. There's really three things that I think are mistakes that occur when you put your house in your kid's name. The first is you've given up control. This house might be worth a couple of hundred grand, and now you put it into your kid's name. What happens if the kid decides to sell it? What happens if you and your kid have a falling out? What happens if the kid gets sued? What happens if the kid passes away before you? What happens if the kid goes through a divorce? All of those, all of your kid's potential creditor and predator issues, all of all of their life's issues now just became your issues because your house is subject to those issues. So that's problem number one. The second problem, and we're not going to take a whole lot of time to get into it today, is you just lost one of the biggest tax gems in the IRS code, and that is what we call stepped-up basis. So suffice it today to say you made a tax mistake. Okay. And then the third thing is um, you probably just made a Medicaid five-year look-back period mistake. Because, see, Medicaid doesn't want you giving your stuff away on Tuesday and asking for Medicaid to pay for the nursing home on Thursday. They don't want you doing it two days before. They don't want you doing it two years before. They don't want you doing it five years before. You can't just give your stuff away and expect that Medicaid is going to pick up the tab. You have to have done it long before. 
Uh, and so if you put your house in a kid's name and then you get um, sick in the next couple of years and you need the nursing home in the next couple of years, you got a big problem on your hands. It can result in all kind of ugly stuff, uh, threats of discharge, kids getting sued, all, all kind of nasty stuff. So I think it's pretty risky. Um, now, you can fix that problem if the kids could give the money back. But what if the kid can't get the money back? What if the kid has been sued? What if the kid died? What if the kid divorced? What if the kid... Um, just turned into a jerk, and now we can't get our money back. And so for all those reasons, I, I tend to advise people, I, I don't think it's a great idea to be putting your house in your kid's name. It's a tax mistake. You're going to give up control, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so what we do in our office um, in this situation, a lot of the time after we've educated our clients on their options, uh, is we'll end up using some sort of a trust to hold that house. Now, the terms of the trust may vary family to family, but you can use a trust to protect the house and to protect other savings from long-term care expenses uh, and maintain some element of control. Now, not total control. You can't, and, uh, you can't do whatever you want with it all the time. Um, you have to give up some access. You can't sell the house and put the money in your pocket. You have to be able to, to, to put a little bit of distance between you and the ownership of the house and the access to the sales proceeds of the house, as it were, or, you know, and we can, it gets kind of complicated and I'd be happy to chat with you about it in person. But we use a trust here because if outright gifting has three problems to it, you give up control, you make a tax mistake, and you don't have an answer for the five-year look-back period, with a trust, we can answer all three of those problems. We do protect the house from the nursing home. You can maintain some element of control. You don't expose the, the house to the kids' divorces and lawsuits, et cetera. Um, we don't make the capital gains tax mistake. And if you get sick in the next five years, I know where your money is. You're, it's still in the trust. And there are, depending on, on where we are in the thing, we haven't lost the money to your kids' issues like divorces and lawsuits, et cetera. And, and it's possible to make distributions from the trust to the kids if it's necessary. Kids could return the money. Um, you know, and, and there, there's a bit of the kids don't even really know this is going on at the outset of the thing. But there are ways with kids' consent that we can fix the five-year look-back period and, and do this in a way where we have, uh, we've protected your house, we've protected your savings without exposing the assets uh, to your kids' mistakes and your kids' creditors and your kids' divorce. Uh, you are, uh, you're listening today to the Life and Legacy Show. Uh, my name's Tim Seckler. I'm a certified elder law attorney. Uh, I do a lot of work in the estate planning space. I do a lot of nursing home asset protection work. If you have a family in the nursing home, uh, we, can, uh, we can chat with you to figure out if there's any way we can get the care they need without going broke in the process. Uh, and today I've been chatting with you, if you just tuned in, about how to protect your house and some other savings from um, long-term care expenses if you would uh, need to go into a nursing home. And, and uh, a couple of key things here. One is no family, uh, the families aren't all the same. Each family's fact pattern is different. Each family's family dynamics, each family's assets and savings are different. So um, we need to sort of consult with you one-on-one -on -one to give you the information that you would need to say, is this an option? Is that an option? Okay, so when I'm talking on this show about using a trust to protect assets, that works for some families, and it makes sense for some families, and it doesn't make sense for some other families. So this isn't one-size-fits-all. Um, the other thing to consider, it's the trust is not the only document. When you do a document, you still need to have a good will. 
You still need to have a good power of attorney. We still need to do the other documents that are not necessarily designed um, around asset protection from the nursing home, but just more traditional estate planning. Um, and so that those documents are typically done in our office in conjunction with doing a trust to protect assets. And and I've shared on this show before that uh, this trust is is the tool that we use to protect assets, and it is the tool that I wish my grandfather had uh, way back, this is now probably 15 years ago plus, when um, when my grandfather ended up needing uh, long-term care and went through a whole pile of money paying for a nursing home that had uh, somebody that, that does what I do now talk to them um, by using a trust probably could have protected a heck of a lot of money. And so, you know, I, I created my law firm to help people understand their options, to help people understand how they can protect themselves, how they can make sure that their spouse is not left destitute. And, you know, because that happens. If if you ask yourself, you probably know somebody that's been in a nursing home. If it's been a family member, you know how darn expensive that is. And so from my standpoint, it makes a ton of sense to protect assets. Uh, it makes a ton of sense to consider something like an asset protection trust uh, to protect your savings. You just have to know how it works. So one way you can find out more about how this works is you can come to one of our workshops. We're having workshops just about every other week. Uh, We hold them um, occasionally around the city. Our regular workshops are by our office in Mars, right off the uh, Cranberry Mars exit, Route 228 in uh, north of Pittsburgh, off 79. Um, And during these workshops, we talk all about wills and powers of attorney and different types of trusts and how Medicaid works and how what I think a modern estate plan looks like. You know, traditional estate plans used to focus on who gets the stuff when you pass away, which is fine. I mean, those those are important questions to answer. But more, more recently, you know, the real problem is that everybody's going broke in a nursing home. Right. I mean, not everybody, but if you end up in a nursing home, it's one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year to pay for that care. And a lot of families are not well situated to, to handle that cover kind of expense. You know, I, I meet families doing this work. I meet some of the worst situations. I've, I've met families where husband and wife are only in their 50s and dad has had a stroke and he's in a skilled nursing facility. She's, she's going to live another 40 years in the uh, the nursing home Medicaid rules are going to require her to go broke right now because her husband had um, her husband had a stroke and that's just not the way we should be doing it that that's not the way the rule book in my opinion should be working but that's the way the rule book does work so knowing that this is a risk and knowing that one in three of us according to the Alzheimer's Association one in three of us are going to have dementia and dementia results in long-term care and nursing homes cost $120,000 a year. Yeah. We need to be thinking about how we're going to protect ourselves from that risk. If there were any other risk that I had a one in three chance of going through that kind of money, I'd probably consider it, right? What if one in three houses burned down? Don't you think you'd have a pretty robust homeowner's insurance policy? But with this issue, people fail to plan, and there's families up and down your street right now that are dealing with this issue. If they're not, they've got a a grandfather or a parent or an uncle or an aunt or someone who's dealing with it, and we need to take a little bit more forward step in in securing our family's future and securing the savings you work your whole life for because i the system is just broken this this system that results in you needing to go broke 
if you uh, have the audacity to have a stroke, uh, you know, it, it just is a broken system. And we're failing our seniors. We're failing the, the middle class that worked hard to accumulate assets. Um, so I, I guess I'll, I'll come back from my tirade here a little bit and say one of the solutions that you could consider is an asset protection trust. So an elder law attorney like myself can work with you um, to get one set up. We know the nuances of how Pennsylvania law works in this arena, what the trust needs to say, and how uh, how you can can take steps to protect assets for your family uh, without going through uh, all the pennies that you've worked hard to accumulate over time. The workshops that we host and you ought to check out are usually on Thursdays. We uh, will run a 2 o'clock or a 6 o'clock. Um, and you can come check it out. It's free. goes on for about an hour and a half, giving you um, pretty good information, in my opinion. I try to make it light. We try to tell you a joke or two about um, how you can do this, and you can, you can organize your affairs a little bit better than they probably are, because if, you're, if you end up in a, in a skilled nursing facility, we don't want your spouse going broke uh, when he or she may live another 20 years. You are, uh, you're listening to the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm. Call me anytime, 724-841-1393. Check us out on the web, secklerlawfirm.com. That's S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com. I mentioned the workshops. I, uh, I should also mention, if you can't get to Mars for a workshop, um, you can check out my website. There's a workshops tab where you can catch, um, you can check out some good videos on this, so we have uh, we've recorded some workshops, and you can access them on the website and and get some uh, some really good information about how all this works. Um, why making uh, a gift of the house to the kids is probably a mistake, at least sometimes, usually in my opinion, a mistake. And how a trust might fit your needs a bit better, um, because we don't want to expose that house to your kids. Tax mistakes, drinking mistakes, divorce mistakes, layoffs, health issues passing away, um, all of those things that could affect, uh, that could happen to your kid. If you put your house or your savings in your kid's name, their issues just became your issues. And so we can use trusts as a tool uh, to protect the house without exposing the assets uh, to those issues. Um, if you have uh, questions for me, th- this show resulted from a question that I got recently in the office and realized, hey, that would make a good show topic, um, reach out to us. We have an email address set up, radio at secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R, lawfirm.com, where you can email us any questions. I'll address them on the air, um, or you can call us, 724-841-1393. If you happen to have someone in a nursing home right now, we're currently waiving our consultation fees. So give us a shot. We'll figure out if we can help. If we can't help, we'll point you in the right direction, uh, serving all of uh, Western Pennsylvania. And... In the last couple of minutes I have here, I'm going to give you a tip on one other document that uh, result that exists in most families' um, estate plans. That is the power of attorney document. All right, so most estate plans, if you have done a will, you probably did a power of attorney at the same time. Now, there's been some changes in power of attorney law over the last couple of years. Uh, there's one more coming right now as I'm recording the show with regard to digital assets. But in any event, you might want to have those documents updated. One thing you should consider and speak with an attorney about is the gifting language that exists in your power of attorney. So most power, one thing to kind of understand is power of attorney documents are not all the same. Um, you could have a power of attorney that is drafted to sort of help 
keep the lights on if you get sick and pay the bills and go to the bank and that stuff. And then you can have a power of attorney document with some more robust provisions that allow us to protect assets if you end up going to the nursing home. One of the provisions we, we rely in that situation is the gifting provision. Most power of attorney documents only have limited gifting, which means $15,000 a year. Um, but if I want to move the house out of dad's name and the house is worth more than $15,000, I had better probably have a little bit more authority than that. So a lot of our senior clients elect to go with unlimited gifting language uh, in that power of attorney because then that gives us uh, the power we need uh, to do more robust asset protection planning and really respond to a difficult position, uh, situation. So there's a little hot tip uh, of the week, I, I guess. Uh, power of attorneys, if you haven't looked at it for a while, if an elder law attorney didn't draft it for you, you ought to have that document reviewed. It's a relatively inexpensive document, and I've seen uh, people lose houses over poorly drafted power of attorney documents. So happy to review that for you anytime at the Secular Law Firm, 724 841-1393. And that about does it for this week's show. Remember, the uh, the Life and Legacy show is for your education and entertainment. Uh, sometimes I uh, have some lively legal discussion and you get my opinion, but nothing in this show should be considered legal advice. We talk a lot in generalities, but if you have a specific uh, legal question, legal issue, you need specific legal advice and you should talk to an attorney. If you need help, we're available at 724-841-1393, or you can check us out at secularlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com. Uh, and thanks for listening. This has been the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Secular Law Firm, where great families make great plans. Secularlawfirm.com or call 724-841-1393.